but anyway, yeah, they played that men at work video and uh, it's a creepy video. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool song though. Actually. It is like, yeah. I like the saxophone in it. It's real shitty and like uh real, like careless whisper, cheesy 80s sax, but it's just, yes, it's so confident. It's almost sassy. You know, it's a sassy sax, you know, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, sassy sax. A brassy sassy sax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, welcome to the... Ex- <laughs> welcome to the saxophone sa- saxophone weekly, uh, where we yeah. talk about saxophone. <laughs> and now, do we have a show for you, yeah. um, fellow saxers. Accelerative Thrust. I am Dan. And I'm Eric. And today <laughs> we have a lot of things going on. Actually, we have Ooh. one thing going on, but it's yeah. going to manifest into a lot of different yeah, things. But it's really going on. It's really going on <laughs> in real time. Real Whoa. time. Yeah, this is live. Uh, I mean, it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're experiencing <laughs> it's it not live going right on now. now. It, for us, it is. Yeah, but for it's you, the listener, it's, hap- it's happening now. But like only now, as in like when we were doing it. When it's not now, you know what sense. though? They are hearing it now. Right. So it's there now. <laughs> right. It's our time down here. Um. <laughs> yeah, but no, it is that it, it is there now, and right now is our now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's wow. a, there's a lot of nows going on with this wow, show. Wow, now. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking to Jessica Jelinski. Mm-hmm. Um and uh she is the person behind the Chachka tape that we just reviewed and talked about. I am I saying that right? I think I, I believe am. so. Chachka. Maybe she could clarify. Yeah. Um the X. And uh, she also is a member of the band PSYOP, uh-huh. uh, which we talked to Dolly yeah. uh, a while back, a long time ago, actually. It yeah. seems like a long time ago. It probably wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and then she also was in uh, some other bands, and she's also an artist. I've seen um, a lot of her artwork. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're excited to talk to her uh-huh. today and uh, find out just exactly what's going on in that brain of hers to come up with some cool shit because she does wow. come up with cool shit. She's here. Is she really? Yeah. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here she comes. <laughs> here she comes. Here she comes. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. Oh, we're doing video. Hey, what's going on? Oh, man. Oh, are we, are we, are we doing the video thing? We oh, can I can I can turn my video off. We can either do either way. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> okay, we'll turn it on. That way you can you can see us while we talk. It's gonna crash the whole Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, Jessica. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to talk to you. Um, I think we both really enjoyed. Well, I know we both really enjoyed the Chachka tape, and yeah. um, I've been looking through your. Uh, IG a little bit and seeing some of the uh, 
work you've been doing like visually. And so I think it's safe to say that you're a uh, pretty um, skilled artist, both musically and visually. And uh, so to start off with, um, I know this is going to be just one of those basic start off interview questions, but here we are. Um, How did you get into art? music and uh you know kind of what what's your first memory of being into art both visually and musically yeah i started drawing when i was pretty young it was just something i always liked to do i would just you know as a kid just draw constantly i was also always into music too i was like really into listening to whatever cds i could find from my mom which was pretty much like the titanic soundtrack um <laughs> which i listened to all the time when i was like seven (laughs) um so i was always like really into music and art but it wasn't until maybe uh i think i i started listening to you know like really bad pop punk at some point when i was about 11 and then i decided to get a guitar or i was able to obtain a guitar and never really learned how to play it and progressively got more into punk music uh which led me to getting into a lot of weird shit too, a lot of weird art. You know, music and art was kind of like in tandem for me, I think. There's a lot of like visual culture related to music that really pivoted me towards art more. And then I just continued to carry on with all of it and here we are. Follow-up question real quick. Uh, What do you define as bad pop punk? Um, (laughs) Avril Lavigne, Good Charlotte, Simple Plan. Yeah, I would say like that kind of stuff. But that led me to like everything's just this big path of learning because that led me to Green Day, which I have mixed feelings about Green Day. Like I think a lot of their music now is pretty bad, Mm. like in my opinion. But like that was a big I was basically the biggest Green Day fan in the whole world when I was 12. Like if you saw my MySpace, it would be really Mm. funny. Like it was like just pictures of Green Day, like as my background and my names were always like Green Day lyrics. Um, so it was like my whole identity, pretty much. Sure thing. Um, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know I've uh, discussed this with uh, Eric, actually, that uh, at least for my generation, I actually grew up during, I, I now I don't know what era you were like 12 years old for Green Day, because they've had several eras. But like, uh, I was 12 years old when Dookie came out. Oh, and so yeah. like, so Dookie was kind of like, the green day that I grew up with. And yeah. so I kind of definitely agree with you on having mixed feelings, but that being said, I feel like green day is kind of almost, it's either green day or blink 182. Those bands kind of both seem to be perfect gateway bands into like weirder shit yeah, totally. <laughs> for some odd reason. That's true. Like, I feel like just getting more into like other types of punk, like discovering like, oh, punk isn't just this thing that started in the 90s, like in Berkeley or whatever. (laughs) And like discovering all different types of punk, which leads, I think, I think getting really into like, like anarcho punk was what led me into a lot, a lot of what led me into like experimental music. That, that, and also, also around the same time being really into like Nirvana too, Yeah, being really into like grunge. And then of course that pivots you into a lot of weird eighties stuff. Sure. So I think there was like two different sides, um, that were really pushing me into, um, a lot of like the experimental stuff that I, I, you know, I got into at a fairly young age. Um, and I, that I still am 
exploring listening to now that's a really good point nirvana would be like the other side of the coin there i think what was one of the what was one of the first like things you knew was experimental that really like influenced you like you're like oh shit this is way different um i think probably like uh maybe like crass some of crass's Mm -hmm. music or or like rudimentary peni Uh Um, I think Rudimentary Piano is still such a great band. Um, and it, I mean, it was definitely like coming from, you know, it definitely had a political like anarchist, uh, angle, but it was way more, I just realized like this music is way more, um, it had a much more like psychological or like, I guess, psycho-spiritual angle. And, Mm -hmm. and it was way more experimental. Like they took a lot more they kind of said fuck it to trying to sound like everything else and did some weird, weird kind of darker, moodier stuff mm-hmm. than what a lot of other punk bands were doing. Um, sure. I think, I think yeah. rudimentary Pina probably influenced a lot of like industrial bands that were to yeah. come probably I, w- I, w- I would imagine. Yeah. Um, nice. But yeah. Do you feel like any of that um, discovering experimental music and uh, the, the audio side of that influenced the visual side of your art? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, actually, to not to make everything about rudimentary peanut, but I think a really big thing that kind of struck me about rudimentary peanut is that their visual art is all by the singer Nick Blinko. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that was one of the earliest examples of like, I guess, like, quote unquote, outsider art that I had discovered when I was like, you know, whatever, uh, 14 or whatever it was. And he, I mean, he was making like just these like wild drawings that were really, really um, dreamlike and kind of nightmarish and kind of Mm -hmm. dark. And he was just super prolific with that. So yeah, that, his art kind of threw me into wanting to discover more things like that. I think of also like Raymond Pettibone was a huge person Mm -hmm. for me, like for like a punk kid. Like I I still love Ray Ray Pettibone. Like he's still just like, he influences me still. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There definitely is like a, like a sort of an outsider element to a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that you're doing and that's in the best possible way. I know like Chachka, the Chachka tape, am I saying that right, by the way? Yeah. Is Chachka. Chachka? Mm-hmm. Um, is um, very, it's got some really interesting, you know, like textures and sounds to it and things like that. And one of the things that um, I found really interesting and I know, Eric did too, because we talked about it with the review is how it's sort of like all almost like, I don't want to say collapse. That's not necessarily the right way to put it, but all of a sudden, like the end of the tape is sort of this instrumental guitar sort of jam that sort of like it, it made the thing make even more sense. (laughs) Um, And that's, and and I think that's awesome. Um, you want to just talk a little bit about the creation of the Chachka thing, uh, where yeah. that came from? Yeah, the tape. I basically um, I started writing some stuff, or I just started. I don't even think writing feel that doesn't. That's not the right word. Um, <laughs> I started like because I actually don't write music. I haven't written any music, but like I started. I started collecting sounds and putting them together in like 2020, early 2021, or something like that. Um, it was, uh, I was actually taking a class. I'm in grad school right now. Um, I was online, you know, uh, we all had to go online of course. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I was taking, I took a couple um, electronic music courses because I was like, okay, I, I have to use a computer for this. So this would be like the best thing to do. And it was something I wanted to do anyway, but I kind of went on to a different course. I mean, I'm in school for painting, but I, I kind of went on this tangent of, of taking um, a couple music courses and uh, kind of actually learning how to record music in a really basic sense, um, learning how to use Reaper. And yeah, I just kind of started like collecting a lot of sounds just kind of putting them together. It, it's really like, I was, I, I slowly made this tape. Like it, it, you know, these were like songs that I kind of put together over, a, you know, a year or something like that. Yeah. I realized I was kind of interested in, I was kind of interested in working a little bit with like some modular synth um, stuff and playing a lot of I was really, I'm interested in percussion a, a lot, even though it's not an instrument, it's not like something I'm very strong at or something that I was ever trained in or anything like that. But um, percu percussive sounds um, were a big like interest in that. So collecting a lot of percussive sounds, making percussive sounds and recording them, playing some drums, flutes, messing around with flutes, just doing a bunch of weird stuff in my apartment and like putting it together, some guitar loops, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, recordings from the radio, um, or just people talking, kind of walking around, doing a lot of walking around and collecting sounds outside. So a lot of field recordings on there then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that's a lot cool. Of yeah, I was wondering about the construction uh, of that uh, tape. You said you use the computer mostly, is but you were pulling from field recordings and things like that and yeah, then assembling exactly. them? That's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doing a lot of um I mean a lot of the the work was in the editing of the sounds of course, like really mutating them. Um one of this like it's really like kind of bastardized everything on there. Like there's very little like purity um on there. Like I one of the songs uh, do, uh Doom Paisley, um that was like a live performance that I did. Hmm where I was looping, I was like, I had some samples and I was, I basically was just looping a bass drone and playing some samples and, um, looping some percussive sounds. And I, I did the performance and I like, like knocked everything off stage like on accident, not on purpose. And it was just like horrible. Um, but I took that recording and then I, um, and then I just totally fucked it up and mutated it yeah. and cut it up and like made it what it is. So that, that song is like a good example of like a live performance that I then edited further. Um, yeah. And gave and it a second life, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's cool. so a lot of that stuff is kind of, there's a lot of layers of mediation. Yeah. Just kind of figuring out how to, how to produce sounds is interesting. Yeah. Was it mostly you working on it then? I, I saw that there were a few other names listed as far as percussion, but I think that only set on one track. So Oh yeah. Um that's yeah, that's kind of interesting to to talk about because basically a couple of the tracks were um collaborative. Like the second track was um I don't even know if I was playing on that song, actually. I don't think I was. I don't really remember, but um, it was, I was at a friend's house and it was 4th of July. And like, we were all like, they brought out like bells and they were like playing like little bells and like hand drums and stuff. And it was like a war zone outside, like 
the fireworks were mm -hmm. going off and being all crackly and stuff. So I was just like, ah, this is so cool. I want to record this. So I just made like a little phone recording. That song is just a phone recording of that's my awesome. phone playing. Um, yeah, and then cool. on one of the tracks, me and Steve are playing drums at the park. At, okay. um, it's like just the drums that were like at the park, like park yeah. drums, those little steel. Oh, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So those were just the um the sort of collaborative um parts of that. Other than that, it was just me um doing all of the stuff. Using <laughs> samples is kind of like inherently it feels collaborative, like cars and voices and like animals. Sure. There's sure. some duck sounds yeah. on there. Shots so what do you use to record that. your field recordings? Do you just have a oh I just tape deck or something? I have a um what is it? It's like a, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not, like, I don't pay attention to anything. <laughs> I just like learn how to use That's something. okay. My hangups don't need to be your hangups. <laughs> it's a DR40 linear PCM recorder. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The task cool. cams. Yes. Yeah. Those things nice. are really, really nice. They can capture some really interesting stuff. Yeah. It's great. I like it. Jessica, you mentioned uh, Raymond Pettibone, which I think, it's that that's awesome because I actually I follow this YouTube channel called Cartoonist Kayfabe because I'm a huge uh, comic nerd and I've been really getting into like underground comics. I know Raymond Pettibone uh, used to do underground comics as well as like the Black Flag art and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so who are besides Raymond Pettibone? Um, who are some of your other like influences or do you have any like prominent influences? I saw that you're also doing zines as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I make zines. Uh, I've made zines for a while. Um, I kind of just started this new project called boxed ether, which is basically just me like putting out zines and then giving it a name. So it's just like whatever I decide to do, but it's like kind of whatever, like, personal work or collaborative work. The first issue was a, a zine of collaborative drawings between myself and my friend Dorian. So mm -hmm. I'm interested in collaborating a lot and zines are, zines are just like whatever you want them to be. So yeah, you can publish whatever you want all the time. So I'd be interested in doing more of that collaborative drawings with people. Um, but in terms of like, just art in general like who do i it's so overwhelming um yeah there's a lot of them, <laughs> for sure. yeah i i mean oh like i mean i love in terms of like underground comics mm -hmm. um rory hayes is a big one for me um now, now what did he do that, that sounds familiar oh he just was uh pretty um wild like he was kind of he was in the underground comics kind of scene that that psychedelic kind of stuff like sure. i think in san francisco or pro probably mm -hmm. in like the 70s a lot of he does a lot of like really stark like black and white stuff um mm -hmm. that really kind of influenced me to want to i don't know it kind of makes me like when i think about doing black and white stuff he's someone that i think about a lot <laughs> like like why just black and white um but I also do paintings too. So like in terms of color, when I think about color, like, oh man, I, there's so many people like, uh, I'm, I'm really into like the Chicago images, for example, like the way that they kind of synthesized 
uh, comics or like the language of comics with painting and, and, you know, sort of quote unquote fine art or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a big like family tree kind of thing for me, I think. Oh, I don't know. Like deep down, I think my stuff is kind of rooted in like German expressionism and that kind of stuff. John de Buffet and that kind of um, art brute is something I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, there's it's just constantly changing. Jane County would be someone to bring up because she's uh, I don't know. I just want to talk about her. She was in a band called Wayne County and the Electric Chairs back in the day, which is like this trashy, like garage rock band, um, like just kind of sleazy rock and roll kind of shit. But she just like makes really amazing drawings with like glitter gel pens. And it's very like wow. pulling from like really old stuff, like sacred kind of uh, ritual art, but it's like really queer and interesting. There's I'm looking at some of it now. I had no yeah, idea yeah, that Jane it. County did that stuff. Really, really wow. like alien-like figures. Um, yeah. I, a lot of these people are are kind of like not necessarily like I'm not sure it's always like super in my work or like it's not mm. like it looks like my work per se all the time, but just people that I think about a lot. Like I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe sure. It's, it's funny how that happens though. That like a certain musical artist could influence your your drawing style or something it's like that synthanasia or whatever how you smell a color or whatever it's like the same idea that a fine artist could influence your music you know it's it's weird yeah yeah i also find that um a lot of times uh and this is kind of what you kind of sort of just said eric and you as well jessica that um a lot of times when artists talk about their influences from like the outside looking in another person might kind of just be like, wow, they were a huge influence on you. Like, you know, that I never would have guessed, you know, a lot of times I think that influences don't really have a lot to do with like, I guess, directness rarely does, does your music sound or look like your influences. And then I think I always find that kind of interesting. Um, but speaking of influences, like as far as uh, Chachka goes, was there were there any specific influences on that uh, release? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's also like kind of how we're talking about how like some your influences don't show up. I think a lot of the music I listen to the most like isn't really visible on this tape. But that's also that has a lot to do with like my own like limitations or like the way I chose to approach this project. Like I listen to a lot of jazz music, but like, I don't understand, I don't understand music theory. Like I have no idea how to play any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So like, right. um, the, so I guess I sort of made this tape from sort of like taking, uh, finding my own approach and I guess pulling from influences that uh, lent themselves more to um, the way I was figuring things out. So I guess meaning, um, not as structured music like music that's a little bit more like formless like the oh in your in your review you mentioned um nurse with wound which is like i love nurse with wound um psychic tv i love that Mm -hmm. and like dropping gristle and and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um oh another one that i a person that i kind of think about a lot with like sound collage type of stuff is Mm -hmm. is um ground zero um, which is uh, the project of Otomo Yoshihide from like primarily from the 90s. Um, 
which is like totally way harsher than my music and way more um like kind of like harsh noise but like mm. the way that he uses samples uh is like super inspiring to me mm. um and yeah like kind of looking at people who are making music that's sort of sample-y um but i think um uh just buried inside me like thinking fellers union local 282 yeah, is sure. like my soul music so like that's some of that ambient stuff is definitely mm -hmm. linked to that um even though they did so much more than mm -hmm. uh, they weren't like an ambient band or anything like that but, right um I also just remembered you you asked me earlier like who like what was the first band I heard where I, I knew it was experimental and yeah. another <laughs> another band that I just thought of when I was like I think I found them on like uh what was it like Bear Share or something LimeWire or something like that mm -hmm. I found them on there and it was um White wow. Noise and oh, I just I listened to White yeah. Noise for the first time when I was like 14 or something and I I was yeah. like smoking a lot of weed at that time and I was just like <laughs> what this is insane <laughs> it is it is insane though every person who's ever heard that and given it a chance has had that reaction like yeah i remember we reviewed it back when we weren't trying to do newer newer music i guess but uh and i, I yeah dan and i both were like what the fuck like seriously yeah. how have we not heard this and how why doesn't everyone talk about this non-stop all the time but yeah yeah, yeah amazing so stuff mind-blowing yeah. for sure yeah and super like i think like buried in my mind of like sound collage like that i think discovering that at a, a pretty young age kind of um yeah sort of one of those influences is just like present even if i don't like listen to them all right. the time anymore or anything like that. for sure yeah you can't really get get it out of you once it's in there you know yeah. what i mean yeah <laughs> like for me for sure the first thing i heard where i was like whoa what is going on was um the cleanse fold and manipulate album by skinny puppy like i just oh, had, yeah. i had nothing i had ever heard i heard it probably when i was 10 which oh, is way way too young but um <laughs> I, I had nothing that had even resembled that as far as being music or whatever it, it is cool when you have that moment though where you're just like oh i didn't realize music could be this it yeah. seems like a simple idea but then all of a sudden it hits you. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Radical. <laughs> I think my, the first album that I remember like that, and I kind of feel this is a, a gateway album into experimental music for sure for a lot of people. Uh, Disco Volante, the oh, second yeah. Bungle record. First time I heard that, I was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And what does it all mean? <laughs> yeah. And why am I here? yeah it was just <laughs> it just I mean, sent you into an existential tailspin yeah <laughs> it happens i just i like how some of that stuff comes out on major label or came out on major labels yeah you know? yeah it's i feel <laughs> it's like just... that's so strange that like in the 90s a lot of weird shit was being put out on major labels like babes in toyland was a band i was very very interested in yeah and like uh, what was that album? Fontanelle? That was on like Warner Brothers. That's mm -hmm. so weird to me. Like that was very like dark, witchy, like dark music. But Absolutely. like, I don't know. That's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, um, some of the, you mentioned African Head Charge and that's yeah. a band I just got really obsessed with since I listened to your review because I, oh. I hadn't heard them before. 
Yeah, it it's um funny because there's a me- new metal band called American Head Charge. I was and, just uh, talking about yeah, that. Yeah, and it honestly kept me from listening to African Head Charge for years because <laughs> I thought if it's anything like that, which it's not. But yeah, I heard that in a lot of um the percussive elements on Chachka, which I really enjoyed, and I don't know if I was off base with it seeming sort of. I don't want to say ritualistic, but meditative. Like there were a lot of bell sounds and a lot of mm-hmm. chime sounds. And they sort of, I'll, I'll segue into something else about Chachka I really liked. I don't know if I talked about it, but as far as we could say formless music, a lot of times it follows this um, sort of arc or trajectory of starts out really quiet, builds to a big old crescendo, and then goes back down into quietness again. And what I liked about Chachka was it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like I'm trying to make a a piece that shows off my dynamics and blah, 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 and all that. It was more like you're immersed in, in this moment. It starts when you walk in and it ends when you walk out, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, I really, I loved that aspect of it, but yeah, the percussion element of it, I think uh, it was one of my favorite parts of it for sure, because it did have that sort of, um, meditative element to it It, do you um do you do any of that stuff or is that just sort of a byproduct of the 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 instruments uh do i meditate (laughs) yeah like are you into um i don't know the mindfulness mindfulness stuff yeah um yeah definitely very interested in um metaphysical things and yeah altered states of consciousness like Mm -hmm. psych music psych art I feel like it's a good, I, I feel like those, those things were kind of a conduit at maybe in a time that was kind of like rough or like, yeah, I, I like the idea that like music or art can be a ritual, that mm-hmm. it can be um, a, a meditative tool um, or, or that it can become trance-like. I'm really interested yeah. in that. Like, yeah, I'm, it's something I, I definitely think about a lot. It's a lot of the, the music I listen to mm-hmm. has that that kind of transpersonal or like spiritual aspect mm-hmm. to it. Um, I mean, like ja- free jazz is like totally like, I'm a big fan of Sun Ra and Pharaoh mm-hmm. Sanders and mm-hmm. all this Coltrane and um, not that my music sounds anything like any of that, but um, yeah, just kind of related like um, in that sort of way. Drone music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, like drone has a really huge part in in uh, rituals, um, but yeah, it's it's something I it's something I I consider a lot. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard about the um, theory about music being like recorded at a different frequency? I think it's called like the four forty two hertz or something like that, where so back in like you know the 50s and 60s music was recorded at a different frequency than it is now Mm. and there's a lot of conspiracy theorists that say that that's one of the reasons why um people turn more violent as time went on is because now we're listening to music at a more aggressive like i think it's like it used to be recorded at like 470 hertz and now it's like 441 or something like that have you guys ever heard of that I've never heard of that. That sounds like a wild. I can't remember what it, what it is, but supposedly um, the people who support this theory believe that the music industry 
purposely did that <laughs> to make people more violent yeah that, that was like, the goal <laughs> like yeah or 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 to have some sort of some sort of like control over the population oh. like the music industry because there's all kind you can go down a rabbit hole of that kind of stuff like the grateful dead or cia and things like that i know that all that all wow. sounds crazy but these are actual like theories that exist and like i don't know when when you're talking about that that just kind of made me think of that theory that like there are some people that honestly believe that music that's the reason why music aside from all the weird conspiracy stuff that's the reason why music that was recorded before like say i don't know 1970 something or whatever sounds better and warmer and richer or whatever hmm. you know and i don't know if that's i just you know that kind of just made me think of like the idea of like sort of meditation to music you know and because huh. I, I know when i listen to certain recordings it definitely does put me in you know it can put me in like an altered state you know yeah. or something like that so i just sort of I don't know. That just kind of came to I've mind. Never, I know that was a weird off topic, but I've never heard of <laughs> that specific thing, but I do know that um binaural beats and alpha waves, beta waves at certain frequencies and things like that mm -hmm. people use in um like healing and stuff like that. Yeah, or, things like that. Yeah. Or or to induce um sort of like self-hypnosis or whatever. Sure. Uh, yeah. or all kinds of things. Uh, sure. Mind control probably is one of them <laughs> yeah oh yeah probably well i mean they were using um uh like what was it i think metallica's music to torture prisoners that oh my god really yeah. i was just reading about that actually i was reading about oh what was some fucking band i can't even it's the band that does that song that's like let the bodies hit the floor oh, whatever oh drowning pool yeah 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 they were using <laughs> drowning pool to to torture people um yeah. and, and drowning pool was like yeah well that's cool if uh if it can help prevent uh another attack like i was like what the fuck <laughs> like you don't want to laugh at it but you just have to oh my god <laughs> it's just like i mean uh, yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I guess if I had to listen to Drowning Pool, I would go insane, especially if I was like tied up. You know? Yeah, that's not a good sign for your music that it's literally torturous. To listen to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I feel like I feel like I like a lot of music that people think is torturous. Um. So it's you know. It's oh tough. sure. Yeah. I was thinking it wouldn't be that bad of a thing to happen. I mean, if they're if the government's using it to torture uh, prisoners and things, that's bad. But I don't know if someone could really say that your music is torture, I would probably take that as a compliment. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's different types of torture. There's good torture and there's bad torture. <laughs> you know expound what? upon that thing yeah. <laughs> yeah let's talk about let's talk about the good torture you know before 1972 <laughs> they were torturing us Today's with good vibrations to you by good torture good <laughs> you're advertising oh that's sponsored great. by good torture that's what we need to try we've been talking about trying to get sponsorships oh. for the show I know I'm dragging it out. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, I forgot my camera was on. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolling my eyes, leaning back. I mean, dying. You have every right to roll your eyes when I say we should 
actually pursue being sponsored by Good Torch. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's not a band that starts called Good Torture after this interview, then y'all are dropping the ball. Yeah. Well, we could start it. We already have 20 hypothetical made-up bands. That's true. There's How many we... made-up bands are you in, Jessica? Well, bands i don't know any of them with names though oh i'm sorry were you asking me or were you asking <laughs> our interview guests yeah sorry. i was <laughs> <laughs> sorry we Jessica. talk all the time yeah. you know it just Jessica, seems like when, when... made up i mean it could be a figment of our imaginations yeah i've never seen myself play live are there any plans for that um, there actually is a plan for that. I'm, I'm supposed to play a show. I like how I say I'm supposed to play as though I'm just, gonna <laughs> play it. um, I'm slated to play a show on January 28th at Rostocks. Ooh, um, cool. and it's with Elliot Bay towers hmm. and, um, Hunter. I can't remember cool. the other. Band. Oh, Hunter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to figure out how to perform live. So I think the plan is for me and Steve to kind of jam like to cool. have kind of jam with me on some stuff yeah i think haunter and elliot bay towers are both from the quad cities too are yeah um, okay think, that's what i was thinking i think uh haunter lives here oh maybe okay kyle arthur miller okay he's a heck of a guy he's a real sweetheart a that's awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's is... a shout out to kyle <laughs> <laughs> um so then the other part of your active music um, adventure is your uh, PSYOP is still active, correct, Jessica? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with PSYOP? And uh, that's obviously uh, quite a departure from the tchotchka you know, oh, yeah. sound. Or uh, I'm sure I, I assume PSYOP came before tchotchka, so maybe that's the wrong way to word it. Or maybe it didn't. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was, uh, I mean, I was probably doing some tchotchka stuff around the time that I joined PSYOP and uh, it was like, uh, I don't, I don't know time anymore. It was like maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. Um, my friend from school, Lorelai, just asked me, hey, you want to play bass in a hardcore punk band? And I was like, yeah. And I joined PSYOP um, and we've gone through a couple different iterations but i've always been in it ever since it started so um pretty much so, so we released an ep um and we are we just finished an album that is going to be released soon oh sweet awesome oh so, yeah hardcore punk cool lorelei is so sweet too i know yeah yeah <laughs> we had her on um along with Will. Uh, was it Justin Comer? Yeah, Justin was, Comer and Will. And then there was also um, Will Yeager? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, Will and, Yeager. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was, wow. That feels like a lifetime ago now. <laughs> Everything does, you know? <laughs> Everything does, yeah. It's just like, where is time going? Mm. Down the tubes. That's true. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you just going to agree with that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, where's yeah. time going down the tubes? Just podcasting your life away, you know. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, Jessica. I like that. Podcasting uh, your life away. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. So yeah, uh so are you into comics? Like 
you know, like, well, I mean, I guess you kind of mentioned that earlier that, yeah, you're, you're into some underground comics and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I think is really cool that's happening right now, and I'm not sure if you've been observing this or not, I've kind of talked to Eric about this, is that right now with Instagram, I feel like there's kind of this underground movement that's been happening with like mini comics and like underground comic book artists and zine makers. The physical zine, which was thought to be for a long time, just like vinyl was thought to be gone. And now it's like, it seems like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was kind of one of those things of making something out of nothing when it came to like COVID, you know, or something like that. 2020, a lot of people were just stuck at home and creating like these comics and zines and kind of seems like maybe, um, maybe this is unintentional, but you're kind of a part of that culture a little bit, Jessica, is, would that be accurate? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know exactly where I fit into all of that stuff, but I definitely am really interested in making things that can be easily distributed and very cheaply distributed. Um, in addition to, in addition to making drawings and paintings, I just don't, I don't think that, I don't think that making drawings and paintings uh, is where it should end um, for art, for, for myself. I don't think that that's accessible to anyone really um right. <laughs> like most people aren't gonna see it or be able to buy it um just a lot of people just can't um so like i don't know i think i think visual culture is always gonna like i i i think it, it always should lend itself to being put into the world um and not just hidden away mm -hmm. um, only to be seen by a small elite um i guess that's kind of the impetus i i love sending mail to people i love getting mail back uh, yeah. a lot of magazines i don't even sell i just kind of like trade or um sure yeah i do a lot of trades same with my tapes tapes are just another part of that it's just kind of like something you can kind of throw at your friends you know yeah absolutely whether uh, they yeah. like it or not <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to find that way when I'm in, I mean, I'm in art school for painting and the painting world is, is fucked. Like it's awful as you can probably imagine. Like, I know it sounds really jaded, but like, I don't think the painting is awful. I just think like the world around painting as a form or as like the superior form. Um, you know, you're, you're not the first person who's gone to art school that I've heard kind of express that, like, kind of, like, is it, is, is it because, like, there's, like, what you were just kind of saying about, like, how smaller, like, the independent stuff that you're seeing on, like, Instagram, you were talking about how that's not really aimed at, like, a small elite group of people or whatever it is. Do you think that's because of that reason? Like maybe like painting is more like, is that kind of like what, what you would say? Why that, why that is? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I have to catch myself in saying that like zines and comics and all of these things that are pretty underground or weird or ex as experimental as you want it to be are not right. still kind of, it's not like they're across the world being seen by everyone. It is still being right. circulated in a relatively small group of people, but at least it's free it's free and it's i mean there's a freedom of movement and it's cheap and like 
my, I can give them to my friends. I feel like paintings can't be shared okay. quite as freely. Um, gotcha. Um, and I mean, there's like, yeah, I mean, the goal for a lot of people, the goal of being a painter is to kind of get to a point where you can make some really big paintings and sell them for like 50K. Right. Fucking Norwegian guy or like, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. So I it's more it. made for like uh, consumerism more so than yeah, like the other. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Sure. I don't know. I'm I've been becoming as as I I'm basically in grad school. I'm in my fourth year of grad school and I should have only had three, but I did an extra year to do um to do some book art stuff actually. That the book arts world is a whole another problem like a whole other like beast of preciousness and um mm -hmm. object worship. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, like making zines in a in the book arts world is like also a form of resistance so it's mm. like it's 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 hard to like to find your way like if you're more inclined towards that kind of stuff sometimes sure but yeah. you know there's a yes. lot of cool people to to um turn to to um so when you, when you say book art do you mean like like children's book art and stuff like that or do you mean like uh, not so much more more like fine book binding uh letterpress oh okay gotcha. typography like gotcha. master typesetter people that kind of like that kind of stuff um people make really really beautiful one-of-a-kind books and sell them to libraries for like thousands and thousands of dollars i'm just not really interested in doing that yeah uh, myself do you have any opportunities outside of school to pursue that like the bookmaking stuff um to pursue making comics and zines and stuff that i do or well i mean like the typesetting and binding and the i don't i don't pursue it anyway like i'm oh, okay. in school for it and i don't pursue okay. it okay like, I, I don't i really don't do any of that stuff mm -hmm. um i'm in i'm only doing a certificate so i'm i'm in school for a year for that stuff so i'm i'm primarily taking like uh I take artist books and I, I make like one-off books or I work on zines, mm -hmm. um, but they're all pretty in in the realm of what I would do anyway. I, mm -hmm. I use very simple binding. I, I I don't I don't get too fancy with stuff. Um, I don't intend to learn letterpress. I just want I just want to use a printer, honestly. Like just <laughs> let me use the Resograph right. printer. Like um... Resograph is awesome. I just... <laughs> Seriously, no, I just discovered because um, there's a lot of um, comics that are done that way, like in the in the underground mini. I love the look of Rizograph printing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Great. It's great. Yeah. Do you think they've ever tortured anyone with paintings and book art? Oh, oh all the, I'm sure. Like, I'm, I'm sure books books have held the power of torture, I, I think. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all religious texts. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of yeah, self-torture, anyway, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if I, I feel like I was going to say something about, maybe, maybe I was, I had an idea about torture, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, I've been looking at a lot of William, William Blake prints, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of torture in those images, like images of um, hell and, um, I look at a lot of religious art, actually, so, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dark shit out there yeah. in books and in paintings. <laughs> it's really interesting 
going back to comic books too, um, how the Comics Code Authority, how that sort of like came to be because they were doing like horror comics in the 50s and they decided that that, you know, that was too um, risque for, you know, young kids, which honestly, if you've seen some of those old creepy magazines and things like that, I'm not sure if either of you guys have. I think yeah, I, I figured you did, Eric. I, I, with the video on, I forget to talk. I just shake my head. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being the horror fan that you are, but man, oh, um, yeah. then the Comics Code Authority came and they actually held hearings in the 50s. And I would love to see the hearings for that. You know, just. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't know about that stuff specifically. I feel like yeah. comics have always kind of had the. Um, there's a lot of kind of. Um, risque content or, or kind of fringe. oh absolutely kind of like yeah does any pulp kind of yeah all those mm -hmm. all of those um i actually just read uh i was looking at this comic book you know there's like those comic books that are like there's a i can't remember what the title is but it's like these porn um auto like biography porn biographies of different mm -hmm. porn stars it's like a comic series hmm, oh no. the 80s or 90s i just read yeah. this one about annie sparkle who was like this porn star from the seventies. Um, it was very, very pornographic. It was just like very pornographic comic um, stuff. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I think that stuff is fun to look at. That's kind of like, a, a, <laughs> it, I don't know if you're familiar with like Robert Crumb. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Robert Crumb. And that, that was all like, that was all like in response to like the comics code authority and all that stuff, the underground, like weirdo comics and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that stuff is like definitely. It's like another one of those things that's like, I'm. It's grounded in me, like the underground comics, the kind of psychedelic stuff. I think yeah. a lot of it is. Um, I, I, there's, I have a lot of grievances with it, but it's sure. It's always you always take things and you you take what you want and you throw the rest away and you don't. Yeah, always, absolutely. Like, it's not like an allegiance thing. It's just like yeah. that existed. What could and I, I see a lot of that kind of like stuff i guess like so, some of your stuff did remind me of like maybe some of that sort of underground comic art and things like that you know and yeah yeah a lot of bodily fluids <laughs> yep uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all over the place in those old comics yeah. yeah it's pretty interesting when you go back and you realize how crazy some of those old like you you think that the 1940s and 1950s were all just you know guy with a business suit coming home from work and nice oh, clean yeah. shave and american life was just like that all across the board and then you realize that no there was actually some really dark stuff happening then too probably even darker probably even darker yeah because you had to play it straight all the time <laughs> oh yeah yeah or yeah. just or, or not even dark but just like kind of unhinged like mm -hmm. there's this website i found this archive of erotic art that's massive it's called honest erotica i think it's just honesterotica.org or something um and there's just there's just like erotic or whatever that means by erotic art mm -hmm. like sexual art from like all across the time like all across times going back to like ancient times to like the 50s and the like whenever and it's like it's very interesting it's very been a yeah it's been around for a long time right i mean as far as erotic illustration i guess uh oh yeah 
like oh, yeah. from Japan and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like really a long time ago I'm not gonna pretend like, to know anything but <laughs> I've seen it the original, just like the original thing that people wanted to draw like everyone yeah. just wants to like I don't know about you but like the first thing I ever wanted to draw was just like well other than like just people when I was like mm -hmm. four the, as soon as I like developed any awareness of anything, I was like, oh, naked people, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like not just people, like naked people, boobs. Like I was just like, that's just what you do. Like, yeah, <laughs> like even if you don't even know what sex is. You just like want to draw yeah. like bad stuff until they call your parents in the school in first grade. And, yeah. And, and you get yeah. in trouble. <laughs> I, got a lot of trouble. I can relate. Yeah. I got a lot yeah. of trouble for doing stuff like that. Yeah. But look at me now. Look at Do you now. I want. <laughs> Draw people having sex, make ambient tapes that like 10 people listen to. It's great. Play play bass in a punk rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bass punk band. Just think if you wouldn't have gotten in trouble. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I may not do any of that. You might still be listening to that pop punk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just continuing on with like my like angry like teenage rebellion. Well, thanks for talking to us, Jessica. This was a really cool interview. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. It's yeah. Very, so you have uh, a show coming up on the 28th, you said. Yep. Chachka, do you have anything else coming up you want to talk about? Uh, I'm playing a psyop show. Mm -hmm. Um, we're actually playing at the Angler. Um on december 17th for like some kind of like local iowa city showcase type of thing so um, oh yeah i saw that yeah yeah isn't the seath playing that as well yeah it's yep. cool cool mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome um so anything else you'd like to share um like where people can contact you to see or get a hold of some of your art or music yeah um i have well, I guess since this is primarily about Chachka, um, I have Bandcamp, um, Chachka Bandcamp, Chachka.bandcamp.com or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, however you say that, Bandcamp.com slash Chachka. Is that the thing? If you type in C H A C H K A, it's the first yeah. thing that comes up that says okay, Iowa yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, I have an Instagram that's Jessica D Z Z Z. That's for just all of my stuff. That's just my personal account. And then I have a website called jessicajelinski.com, which has a lot of my uh, visual work and some music stuff as well. Well, that's awesome. You Sweet. guys should definitely uh, scope all that out. Very talented, Jessica. I really enjoy everything that you've been putting out. Thank and you. So, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, if you do listen to Chachka, which I hope you do, Definitely be prepared to put yourself in that meditative state that we were talking about because that it really does like, yeah, you're going to end up there anyway. So you're you going to end up there anyway. So just, yeah, just prepare for it. Yeah. You, you got know? to get meditated. Yeah. Get, get meditated. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. That's, be prepared. <laughs> Fourth uh. meditation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a drowning pool no <laughs> all right well thanks for listening everybody um, thank and, you jessica uh, for being on thank you thank you thank, thank you very much jessica yep and uh 
talk to y'all later. All right. Bye. Bye. what does it all mean? <laughs> yeah. And why am I here? <laughs> <laughs>